All we need is a little understanding Walk a mile in their shoes And if we keep our hearts open-minded We'll enjoy this wild ride called life And if we keep our hearts open-minded We'll enjoy this wild ride, this wild ride called life This is Annette, your host of the True Street High podcast. Thank you, thank you for being on here for another episode. Today's guest is, he has a very powerful story and it's just very touching to, to have read what he has gone through. But I wanted to read you something really quick because when I have my guests come on, I, I love to hear their why. The why and why they do the things they do or how they got to where they are today. And I, let me just read this to you and then we'll get into it. He says, I didn't realize how much I took for granted when I jumped out of bed every day until I couldn't jump. Since then, I have been given the opportunity to help forge a modern solution for not only my own injury, but for millions of people living in a world built for bipeds. So today's guest is Mark Daniel. He is a survivor of a rollover accident that happened at the age of 18. So Mark, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being on here today. I can't wait for you to share your story with our listeners. Go yeah, ahead. A bit. It's great to be here, you know, it, another opportunity. No, it's perfect. So take us back to your, the lifestyle you had at the age of 18 and, and tell us, you know, what, what you were doing, what you were experiencing, and then up until what had happened to you. Okay, um, so uh, just a, a kind of a quick backdrop, you know, leading up to 18. Um, I come from a blue collar family, you know, hard working family. My dad still works two jobs in his 50s and he does it because he loves it. You know what I mean? Well, as much as he complains, he loves it. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, but, you know, growing up in that kind of atmosphere, you know, it was always, you know, I started working hard, you know, at eight, 10 years old, digging ditches with my dad, who's a plumber, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, physical, you know, physical health and taking care of your body and learning how to work smart, not hard, you know, and stuff like that. Very practical knowledge growing up and stuff like that. And uh, lots of dirt bikes and other, you know, stuff like that. So I had a really great childhood, you know, as far as things like that goes. You know, my mom was really great, family, all that stuff. But um, leading up to uh, like probably my early teens, uh, when I was 15, uh, I, I ruptured my spleen and it put me in the hospital for a week and, and came pretty close to killing me there. And in that instance, uh, my family or my you know, parents got really concerned and actually uh, sold the dirt bike before I was able to heal in an effort to save me from injuring myself more in the future. Right. And, and, in, and in their, you know, search to try to help me, you know, stay safe, you know, they, they um, kind of took away a release, you know, and, and, you know, completely, you know, in the best effort to help. But they took away a release that I had that was, you know, an adrenaline rush. It was a challenge. It was so many things, you know, and, and maintained my concentration and everything. And then that led into uh, me getting into some bad uh, situations with uh, drugs and running streets and doing a lot of not so thing, not so many things that I'm proud of, you know, that I look back on, but definitely things that, that kind of, you know, helped me with my character today. 
you know, so um, that, that being said, I uh, graduated high school at 17, a year early because of the drug issues and stuff like that. I was always drilled in. My mom, my mom and my dad both had this wonderful phrase that you're going to graduate high school and you're not going to have any children before you do it. So because both of them, my, my mom had my sister when she was 16 and my dad was just graduating high school that year. So they, my dad barely made it out, and my dad, my son, my mom didn't actually didn't get her uh, GED until she was in her twenties, her early twenties. And uh, but both, like I said, great parents and everything. And so all the things that I did leading up to like seventeen and all the whole, you know the bad stuff that I look back on was my fault and everything. But that led me to the opportunity again to to, to reinvent myself, to be you know to to fix the problems that I had and to learn from them. And they came to my parents came to me with the opportunity of it's called Job Corps. And if anybody's not familiar with the Job Corps program, it's essentially an opportunity to go to, to, go to trade school in an on-campus environment where you're taught a schedule. And it's an opportunity for people that know they have an issue to help fix themselves before you go to like rehab and stuff like that while also giving you a way to, to move forward in your life with skills. So um, I did that. And then that brings me up to 18 because I actually graduated like two weeks after my 18th birthday. What would have been my senior year in high school was essentially uh, trade school. So it was, it was really cool to, you know, looking back on it now to have all these opportunities to go through the struggle and the strife and to learn all these wonderful things about myself. Um, and, and really by the time I was 18 and going through job corps, I developed a really healthy habit lifestyle. Um, whenever I left job corps, I was running 10 miles a day. I was eating you know, super, super amounts of food and healthy foods at that and uh, left there came back here and started doing uh, industrial work where um, that's eventually where I got into welding and everything that kind of brought me to the accident. Sorry, my cats are fighting. Stop. So, <laughs> they're over here duking it out for no reason. And, um, but, but uh, so that um, uh, bringing me back in 18 and starting into the industrial work and everything, it started where I worked uh, seven days a week scheduled for 10 hours a day. And uh, I did that for about three or four months. So I turned 18 in May. I was home June 1st. Um, I got into the welding trade and a fab shop probably in early July. And so July, so, uh, was it so uh, now I can't remember months, July, September, August, that's not right, July, August, September, October, and in October, um, October 19th, 2007 is when uh, all the work finally caught up with me. Um, so the accident happened October 19th, 2007, and that, that, that was a that was a Friday, and that paycheck or pay period for eight days was uh, ninety three hours on the clock. Oh my god! And so, um, yeah. So, and I, and I worked like that as much as possible, you know, at that age, especially after overcoming an, an addiction that I had, and and really getting to a healthy lifestyle. So the the drive to to stay moving and stay motivated and stay out of trouble was there. And I mean, what better way of doing that and to get paid than to just work super crazy hours? Right. You know, and so it took, you know, another opportunity that kind of in, in some ways, you know, it led me to the accident because I ended up falling asleep and that's how I ended up being paralyzed, fell asleep. And the police report reads that I flipped my vehicle seven times. I was ejected out of the passenger window or passenger door. And, uh, and essentially I have a uh, T10 burst fracture in my uh, lower or my mid back, which is essentially even with your belly button when you stand up. So that's where my you know, paraplegia starts, is essentially belly button level. And uh, that's how I ended up there, you know, and, and in the wheelchair. And, and that in itself was, is definitely the, 
what I thought was going to be the biggest mountain to overcome, but necessary, but really, you know, I'm lucky in the sense of all the physical things I got to do before I was 18, because they taught me so much about how to handle the wheelchair now and body mechanics and working with, you know, a tool to move around. I grew up on dirt bikes and bicycles and skateboards and, you know, and all these things. So having that kind of knowledge and being able to move it over to the wheelchair made things, you know, super easy, you know, so to speak, other than the pain and the, the whole, the whole life change and all that stuff. And, and now coming up on 13 years later, I'm still learning, but I'm at a point where like, I'm super comfortable. I can do anything I want to do. It's now a choice of, do I really want to work that hard to do it? <laughs> <laughs> what an incredible story. And, and I'm so glad that you're here today to share it because how, you know, I was reading a little bit of your background and with your mom helping you and she was pushing you to get up and show up to do the work but how did you stay motivated to do that i i ask you this because i i wasn't in a car accident two years ago and i and i was in the hospital for five weeks and i couldn't move because i i had broken everything on my left side but i was so angry to get up I did not want to get up. It hurt. I cursed. I cried. And the physical therapists, you know, they, they tried to do all they could for me. But finally, it was like, you're not going to leave this bed unless you, you do the work. So in order for me to get out of there, I had to do something. So how did you stay motivated to do all that each day? Um, you know, it, you know, you bring up my mom. And, you know, for the first, um, so I, got, uh, I got paralyzed October 19th. I was, uh, I actually kind of forcefully made them let me out of the hospital on November 16th because after 28 days, I was sick and tired of being like hand and foot taken care of and tended to and locked in a bed and, and just, I'm a, I'm an independent person and I've always been that way. Oh, so yeah. the idea of like people helping me all the time was initially, no, I want to do it, you know? And so that's just my nature. But, um, but you know, those first three or four months, were definitely, uh, you know, a roller coaster ride of anger and sadness and tears and screaming and, you know, and, and a lot of, you know, just overhaul of emotion. But in those times, uh, kind of my, my position really, you know, for better or for worse was this isn't the first time that, you know, my family's had to come and see me in the hospital. This isn't the first time I've been injured. This isn't the first time that I've had to, you know, heal from broken bones. None of this was necessarily new other than the fact that I'm paralyzed now and it's not, you got to walk it off. Now you got to figure out how to even be mobile to walk it off. You know what I mean? And so my real attitude was, well, I've made it this far. And as much as I truly hate the situation and truly despise where I'm at, it doesn't change the fact that this is where I am. Mm -hmm. And so in that, in that sense, I just essentially, I, I, I lied to everybody. <laughs> and, you know, the whole sense of fake it till you make it is, is something that can cause huge problems in the long run. But I think in the beginning, it's important to, to show yourself that you are capable of doing it despite how it feels. And sometimes it just feels like it sucks. And, and that's the truth. 
but sometimes the truth hurts and that's just the only way to get it. And so that, that really was it for those first three or four months. And then there came a point where um, I call it the turtle chill. It's essentially uh, when I, you know, you break your back, they wrap you in a, in a, like a, you know, a hard case to keep you perfectly aligned. And cause I have rods in my back and, you know, surgeries and all that stuff to keep everything right while it heals. And so um, my mom has always been a huge motivator in my life and like a huge driver uh, as far as an one my dad's always been that way by example by working like he does and you know and, and doing the things and sacrificing like he has so so in both of their regards they've also you know been huge motivators but in this and my mom kind of just sat back and she knew that like he's under doctor's orders not to do anything you know what i mean essentially so i'm gonna let him slide for now and, and you know and, and we've talked about it since then and that was her attitude was like i'm sick of this already but <laughs> you know, so eventually there came a day where I was, uh, I was free from Dr. Lourdes and everything. And my mom came into the room, um, early morning, like normal. Cause I mean, from the get go, as soon as I got out of the hospital, I had to get up at five o'clock every morning and get dressed and get ready and then pick myself up and put myself in my mom's truck and go to my mom's work because my mom had to work and I couldn't be alone. So, you know what I mean? It was right at, right out of the hospital. It was, you know, it was a fight because these were, this is what you got to do. You know, so it, I did those things and, you know, and that kind of, you know, driving right off the bat, you know, right off the bat, she still didn't let me, you know, she, she's five foot three and weighs like 130 pounds. She couldn't pick me up, save her life. Oh my God. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so that kind of came and then that day came where she came in, I was released from all, you know, restrictions and everything and essentially given the, given the freedom to just, to start doing, you know, doing on my own. And so she came in and she stood at my wheelchair and I just remember this, you know, it, it's a heartbreaking look that your mother can only give you. And, uh, and she gave me this look and I knew something was coming. And in that moment, she just stopped and she was like, Mark, I will help you do anything that I can for the rest of my life. But you have to realize that I'm going to die long before you do. And if you don't learn, to, if you don't figure it out between now and then, you're going to die in that chair alone. And just like now, it just, it just breaks my heart to think of that. Not only my mom sacrificing her life to take care of me, but also the fact that she knows that after she goes, there's no one there to help me and I can't help myself. Yeah. And so that was the trigger that turned it from a, from it, you just got to do it and, you know, and suck it up and, you know, and that kind of attitude to just the determination that in the long run, I may not ever walk again and I may have to live life in the chair, but if that's the case, then I'm going to live that life. Yeah. And, and we can't, we can't allow the fact that life isn't fair and that hard things happen to good people. And even though you may overcome something that you thought was the hardest thing to overcome in your life, there's far more if you if you take the challenge, you overcome it, there will be another. So you better go ahead and take the lessons that you've learned already and use them to move forward. Oh, Mark. <laughs> you almost got me there. I um Self. that's that's incredible. It's, this is, 
I am so, I'm just, I'm just so proud of you for, for getting that strength back to just learn to live with it instead of just saying no, you know, feeling sorry for ourselves. Cause I think that's one of the hardest things to do is to learn to just say, this is my life and I have to live it instead of sitting there and saying, why me? You know, because we can go through those emotions all day, every day, but to actually say, no, this is it. This is how I'm going to live my life. It's just, that takes so much strength. So you, you are an incredible human and wow. I just, I, I paused for a second, you guys, because I, <laughs> he like took my breath away. I didn't know what to say and I'm trying not to cry. So, um, God. I always encourage people, man, you, if you got to cry, you got to cry. You, you know what I mean? And, no, you're so right. And it, that is absolutely one of the greatest things about this, I think, is just, just being our authentic selves and just letting it out. This is it. This is our life. And this is why I'm sharing it. So I want to get into, after a couple of years, you adapted to the wheelchair. You were then introduced to the team at, um, was it the Florida? No, you tell me, because I was going to say the Florida Institute of Human and Machine. Uh, the, the full name, which is really long, and we don't use it very much except on paper, is the Florida Institute for Human and Machine Cognition. Okay. We usually always go by IHMC. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you were introduced to IMHC, and how did you get introduced to them? Um, so, uh, so I got paralyzed in 2007. And uh, by 2010, um, I had adapted, I mean, fairly well. I, I can definitely say the past 10 years have taught me a lot more, but, but definitely the, the first three years were just, was just a huge learning curve. You know, you, you learn how to take care of uh, bowel and bladder functions. You learn how to maneuver in the chair. You learn uh, the difference in body mechanics and because of the, the change in you know, ability of what you can use. But you learn also to manipulate the things that you can't control. So spasms and, you know, and stuff like that. I actually used um, a spasm. I use spasm in my legs every day to get dressed. So I get my leg to straighten out. And as it straightens out, I just snatch the, you know, snatch it up my leg real quick, you know, and then, you know, so, so, so those things, you know, happened and, and I really got good at the wheelchair and uh, I excelled in physical therapy. Um, I, luckily before the accident, you know, while I was at job corps for the nine months, um, essentially, I worked out and ran every day, you know, for nine months. And, and that's how I was able to, to, I mean, I gained like 40 pounds while I was there because of the, 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 the addictions that I had when I got there. But, um, but so I gained like 40 pounds while I was there. And because of all of that kind of physical training and the intensity of it, um, even though I was, you know, kind of lazy for those, you know, you know, four or four months or so, five months, you know, during the healing process, um, um, the, the, the upper body strength and those kind of things carried over really well through physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And through that, um, my physical therapist recommended me to the engineers and the scientists at IHMC when they started looking for, you know, um, people to come in and give them feedback and, you know, and let them know how they were doing on their exoskeleton situation. And through meeting them, uh, uh, I met, uh, his name was Peter Newhouse. He was the lead of the project when I came in in 2010. And in 2010, they uh, essentially had me come in, showed me the lab, um, did a quick little interview to kind of, I guess, gauge my personality and, you know, kind of see what I was, you know, what, I guess, what I was all about, 
know, and then introduce them and let me meet them and see what they were doing. So it was really, you know, it was really cool. But essentially, uh, talking with Peter, you know, years later, he said that um, he said that he's like, I'll never forget. Or I don't know if he used that exact words, but he essentially said the thing that made the difference between you and 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 everybody else that we talked to was the fact that you just didn't care. You were just like, is, is it going to help us? Is is it are we going to make progress? Are we going to do something for sure? You know, break a leg. Oh my gosh. So you were able to test four exoskeleton prototypes. Tell us about that. Um, so uh, right now, as of today, I've, uh, I've tested three and um, next week we will actually be taking our first steps in the fourth. So I haven't been in the fourth uh, exoskeleton yet other than testing or uh, fitting and, you know, and making sure components are correct and things like that. Oh my gosh. It'll, How... be, it'll be the fourth one now in 10 years next week. It's amazing how far technology has come and for you to be able to experience it. How does that make you feel? Um, in, in so many ways, as much as like, you know, the wheelchair looks like, you know, a horrible thing. I, I feel like, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. You know, like in, in the end, you know, as much as if, if I could walk tomorrow, I, I you know, I say that lightly. If I could walk tomorrow with perfect healed bones and no back pain, I would gladly do it. But you know what I mean. Considering uh, I, I'm in this, I'm in the perfect spot, and I feel comfortable, and I'm and, I, and you know truly fulfilled in watching all this stuff happening and happening, and and honored to be a part of it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I was reading something about you have been kayaking and is it skiing and all that? Um, I haven't skied yet, uh, not for the lack of will as much as the lack of planning. I think to do it, um, but uh, but other than that, um, I've 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 done quite a quite a few things that maybe not recommended, not advised. You know, uh, definitely you know definitely kayaking and anything anything I can do in the water. Is, is a pretty much a fair game, you know, because once you hit the water, you, you, you're pretty much in a three-dimensional space at that point, and you know, and I can fly essentially, you know, but um, but um, but everything else has just been a matter of, I mean, I uh, I rolled my wheelchair for 382 miles from Cape and Lope in Delaware to um, what was the name of that little town? Some little town, Kingwood, West Virginia, over the uh, it's called the Allegheny Front. I had to climb, uh, they, they call it, uh, where I was at is Bloomington, Maryland. There's a highway, I think it's Highway 1, and in the town they call it Backbone Mountain because it literally, it rides the backbone of, you know, a mountain from the valley floor across the top and then down into Oakland, Maryland. And so that was like my big challenge right there was I climbed a 9% grade for, I think it's, I want to say it's 9% for five and a half miles and then another pretty good incline for another mile and a half, two miles. It took me 12 hours, but I did it, <laughs> you know, so I've been, you know, those kind of things and, and, you know, like camping and I mean, just, just like my normal self is just maybe a little slow, maybe a little goofy looking, maybe way more work than I should really put into that kind of stuff. But, but that's what makes me happy. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I, I like the challenge and, and in all honesty, you know, I say this, I say this in complete honesty, you know, at, at 18 years old with my attitude and, and the way that I just love, love, love 
the stories of like mountain men and the fur trappers of the old west and stuff like that i can honestly say at 18 years old given another few years to maybe save some money and you know and prepare myself better for the situation i i probably would be gone in that sense in that regard and i love that atmosphere i whenever i go into a place like you know to into the woods or you know like you know when i was you know rolling the cno canal for that situation or you know like i camped in the mountains out of my truck for i don't know i lived in my truck for like six or eight months a couple of years ago and just drove around the country and camped in different places and took truck stop showers and you know and stuff like that and you know and jack and just really really just learning you know i've spent the past th almost 13 years now just i i want to figure out what's the limit where is the limit do i make the limit does somebody else make the limit do physics make the limit you know like we're gonna test it we're gonna find out <laughs> oh my god i'm just like so excited for you because it's it's just amazing the if you could see his face right now he's just all smiles and, and it's just so god your positivity is just like beaming I, and i love it i, I just this is incredible it, it is absolutely incredible it's making me think about the times that i felt like just sorry for myself it, it, you know i wanted to get out of the the walker and the cane and all that but you know what you just made it all just more worthwhile to get up each day and just go after it push those limits test it go do what makes you happy because life is too short and this is just amazing what would you tell our listeners if they were in any situation where it you know it hindered them from wanting to do something in their life because of an accident what would you tell them just to i yeah i want to hear your your thoughts because obviously you have you have been through so much but you have come out of the other end just just shining this light and, and it's just incredible no um really i think i think that i made i for a lot of people i kind of exude this you know happiness and and brightness and and and, and i feel a little arrogant even saying it that way but but i get that from a lot of people but I think that I am just an accumulation of all the good advice and unfortunate events of my life. And in that, I think the best advice in the situation of, you know, a challenge coming to somebody from, you know, from an injury or really just any challenge I've kind of always applied my grandpa's, you know, kind of old sayings to a lot of stuff because, you know, I just love simple, you know, old things like that. And, and I guess in, to sum it up really short, my grandpa always said, it's never if you can do something, it's if you can figure out how to do it. And because, I mean, if we look at, and, you know, and taking that advice, if we look at history, you know, there's been, everything that we've ever said that we couldn't do we're doing and we have so much more in front of us to do so i i don't think that there's ever a you know can we do something it's it's a can we figure it out i love that i really do it, it it's making me picture my father-in-law he's he's very much like that and and i love that my my children are 
able to learn that from him. So it, it just really makes me smile to hear that you've learned that from your own grandfather and how much is just instilled in your life. So it's, it's really such a great thing that I, I think a lot of us take for granted. So I appreciate you sharing that. So I, I love this, the sentence that you have here and, and I wanted to close it out with this. You say, I hope to change what people think they are capable of by offering them the tools to change their perspective. So yeah, just thank you so much for being in that space now to actually share your story and, and how you've overcome all those obstacles because it's such a, such an amazing thing. It's like I said, from the beginning, it's, it's been a wonderful opportunity and fortunately over the past, you know, you know, 13 years now, I've been, I've been given the most wonderful experiences both with people and with situations that my dad calls me the luckiest man he knows you know because through all the definite problems that i've faced and 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 you know and issues that i still have um i've also been given just as much encouragement and good experiences to balance them out and help me really appreciate both. Yeah. No, it's, that's definitely something that we all need to, to listen to and, and just realize that it's just really how we make it, how we're going to make our life in after anything that we have gone through. And uh, so where, really quick, where do you see yourself in the next five years then? What do, you, what do you what do you want to do next um well right now um in the next probably four months four to five months we're uh, we're going to be doing uh completing the the mobility unlimited challenge with the toyota mobility foundation so which is one of the reasons that we're able and the reasons why we're building the fourth generation exoskeleton and then after we come uh after that uh competition is finalized i believe in october uh, uh, we will be competing in the 2020 Cypathlon, which will be um, actually held as an e-event because of the COVID situation and stuff like that right now. So it'll be an e-event. It'll be available online. And, um, they can, you know, if, if people go to helpquicks.org, they can get all the information about what we're doing, when we're doing it, how to get in contact with us, all that kind of stuff. So that's helpquicks.org, and that can, you know, get us going there. But in the next five years, um, hopefully, uh, with, with everything going right, We'll be building more exoskeletons. We'll be getting better with the software, with the exoskeletons. We'll make improvements there. And um, while that progresses in its own right, um, I've finally kind of come to the conclusion that it's time for me to share these stories as much as possible. Not necessarily because they're special because they're my stories, but because there's lessons here that, that I've been told need to be shared. And, and if it was up to me, I would, I would run off into the mountains and never be seen again just because I love it there. But, um, but I feel like if people are telling me that I need to share the stories that, that over the next, you know, probably the rest of my life, I'll, I'll do my best to share those stories. I'll, I'll do my best to have more of those stories. And, and, and in that light, I'm actually working right now to set up a 5013C and, and be able to um, get a nonprofit going because I'm in a position where I want to roll the rest of the way across the country. 
I did 382 miles from Cape and Lopen, Delaware to Kingwood, West Virginia, and I climbed the Appalachian Mountains to do it. I think it's, I think I have about uh, something along the lines of about 3,400 miles left if I want to get the San Francisco, California to the Point Reyes Lighthouse. So, uh, so that's my goal to go ahead and and, and actually just restart. You know, I, I don't feel like you know doing 10% and continuing from there is good enough. I'd like to just start back over at the lighthouse in um, in Cape and Lopen and go all the way to the lighthouse at Point Reyes, climb the Appalachia, cross the Great Plains, and um, and, and get across the Rocky Mountains as well. So uh, doing that, I hope to meet a lot of great new people and have a lot more great experiences and, and share those with people as well. So. Oh my gosh, I need to get, I need to up my game because this, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't wait to see you do that. You have to keep us updated with that. You know, it's, it's just, you know, I, I've just finally come to that point in my life where I think I'm finally done learning. And, and I don't say done learning as much as I'm, I'm to a point where I've learned enough and, and I've experienced enough that I actually have something to offer people in those experiences. And, and it, you know, and, and like I said, for me, I, I would take all this and run to the mountains if given the opportunity. But I think that's why I'm in the wheelchair because it keeps me from running off to the mountains. Probably. You just have too much to share, so you can't go hide yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my time. I'll get my time. And, 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 and in the meantime, I'll have that time with others. Exactly. Gosh, Mark, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing your story and teaching us all a little something because this is, this is a lot. I, I am just, you have got me motivated to go start something new in my life. And it's just, it's amazing. So thank you so much. Keep us updated on everything that you do. And oh gosh, I look forward to speaking with you again to see, to hear about all these accomplishments. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, was it, yeah. So uh, we do, like I said, the helpquicks.org will get you in contact with me and all that stuff. Um, there's social media stuff and all that there. And um, like, like we say, I, onward and on, on it was it over and onward and onward and over and all that good stuff it's time for me to uh i gotta get to work on some soft goods so i actually can have padding and all that for my exoskeleton next week yes okay i'm excited for you well congratulations and yeah I, like i said i can't wait i can't wait to hear all about your your next adventure so thank you so much for being on here today yeah absolutely and thanks for the opportunity absolutely Thank you for listening to the Truths We Hide podcast, created and founded by your host, Annette, the founder of A Wild Ride Call Life. Also, a big thank you to all of our sponsors for each and every episode that is aired. We have so much support from them and all of our listeners. You can find more information at www.awildridecalllife.com.